And like Mitch Richmond, he just doesn't have the playoff accolades. I cannot, I, I like, he couldn't get out the first round as the number one guy. Hello and welcome to the Monday, February 22nd edition of the TV on Basketball podcast with your host TV. Hope you guys are having an awesome day today and thank you for clicking on to watch or listen to today's episode. Before we start, I have to plug my other platforms. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other great content. If you're on YouTube, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell. That would be very much appreciated. For all the podcast listeners, remember to subscribe and leave a review if you're on Apple. As for the Spotify, Anchor, or Podbean listeners, continue to show your support in whatever way you can. Remember that there's also a giveaway going on on my Instagram right now for my 1K follower special. Again, thank you guys for all the support. It is going up until this Friday where I will announce the winners on today's podcast. On Not on today's podcast, but on the Friday podcast. I will definitely announce the winners by then. So, yeah, you have time to um, time to enter the giveaway. Either just follow the instructions in the caption and all that. I will definitely be sharing it on my story as well so you know exactly where to go. But again, thank you guys for all the support, for all you guys' support, honestly. We just eclipsed 2,400 listens on the on the uh, on the pod as well. I think we have over 200 listens just in this year so far, and we're only like reaching March, I think. So it's been really good. Again, I can't thank you guys enough. On today's episode, we have a good one here today. We're going to be talking about Dame's MVP chances this week, the Raptors coming back, and I decided to wake up and choose violence because I am going to do a segment where I am kicking players out of the Hall of Fame. I'm usually a positive guy around here, but people have complained that the NBA is, or just the Basketball Hall of Fame is too lenient in letting players in. And so I have a list of players here that I believe just don't deserve to be in there. So if you if you like some hot takes, you're going to like to see that or watch that or listen to that. So yeah, it's going to be an action-packed episode. Sit back, relax, and let's jump into the first topic. And we're going to be talking about Damian Willard. Last week, I talked about Steph Curry's MVP chances. I've talked about how throughout the season that MV is my M- uh, Embiid is my MVP favorite right now. But I haven't really talked about Damian Lillard. Um, if I, I think if I talked about him on this podcast, it had to do with his game winner against Chicago earlier in the season. But what he's been doing right now without a healthy um, CJ McCollum, without Yusuf Nurkic, is pretty damn impressive. He has the Portland Trail Blazers fifth in the West, eighteen and eleven, which is honestly like better than I thought it was gonna happen. And he honestly like I think even moved him up in the standings. That's how good he's been playing. And if I'm giving Steph some MVP buzz last week for the type of performances he's um, providing, I have to do the same for Damian Lillard because he is honestly he's been playing absolutely out of his mind right now. And just like if you just look at this season in general, thirty points a game. 4.5 rebounds, 7.9 assists. If you look at that and remove CJ's, like, ever since CJ McCollum got injured, he's averaging 32, 4.3 rebounds, almost 9 assists, 44% from the field, 39% from three, and 94% from the three-point line. It Like, he just doesn't get talked about enough, 
honestly, I mean, we always gonna talk about Steph because it's freaking Steph Curry. We're gonna talk about um, people. I, th- I swear, people talk about more about Chris Paul and his impact than we do about Damian Lillard. And I think this has been the case for over the last few years. I mean, Russell Westbrook has been in more headlines. Like I said, Chris Paul has. And then Damian Lillard just does not get enough love. And honestly, a lot of this stems from, I mean, like, I think a lot of, like, the reason I wanted to do this topic was because he did not um, make it to the all-star starting lineup when I thought he should have. I think I mentioned that in the last podcast with Get a Bucket, which you should should definitely go check out. he He definitely deserved to. I have him right now as my number three MVP candidate. Yes, like it's honestly my MVP um, list is changing week by week. Right now, I still have Embiid number one, LeBron number two, Dave number three, Jokic number four, Curry number five, and just like honestly, just some of the performance that Lillard is just having this year has been just such a fun watch, and just the way he takes over games. Like if you just watch the games, you just know that Dame time is real. He like just two games ago he had a forty three point performance, um, um, he had a thirty six point performance. Obviously the forty four back when he faced the um, Chicago Bulls when he hit the game winner. He's just had so many good performances this year, and he's doing it on a regular basis. And what I like about this David Lord thing is like he's like helping, like, like my prediction from before the season that that the that the Trailblazers was going to be a top five seed. I think I had him coming number fourth as like one of my sleeper teams to make to the finals. And although their defense has not improved like I was expecting, Damian Lord is carrying them. And he 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 just needs to be in these conversations. He a hundred percent needs to be. And like I said, he's taking over games in the fourth. Like there's just some games where like he just like goes to the paint, gets whatever he wants, and it's not just like him scoring, too. You can see him like in some of these games, like I believe it was like a few, I think it was like last week, like one of the games, where in the final five minutes, he was accounted for every single bucket. That's how ridiculous he's been playing. That's how influential he has been to that team. And we just don't show him enough love. We don't. And at the end of the day, and I'm going to talk, and then I know I'm going to be talking about the Hall of Fame later, but Damian Lillard, for the era he played in, we can confidently say that he has been a top three, top four point guard in this league. Some people at uh, at some points people even considered him a, a number one or two, and I think although he hasn't you know made to the finals, he hasn't had that much postseason success. He's given us memorable moments, you know, with the OKC, with the Houston Rockets, but he has shown that he can lead his team deep into the playoffs. Even though the one time they made it to the Western Conference Finals, they got swept by the Warriors, he has proven that he can at least lead them there, and. He, the fact that he has been an, at the All NBA like elite level, like for possibly like the next the last five years, I just don't think it's something that we just talk enough about. And he's just he's just been an absolute joy to watch. David Lord deserves to be in the MVP conversation, especially with the record he has, especially with the way he's been playing. If you want to term valuable, Damian Lord is super valuable to that team, and it just doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, I love watching him play, and. I, I want to see him succeed. I want to see him, you know, do well with this, the Trailblazers because he constantly, you know, shows love to the city. He says he wants to, like, get it done there. And you just got to respect it. I mean, loyalty is, I mean, I, I don't overvalue loyalty, but it's something that it's just rare nowadays. So, you know, good for Lord for sticking it out. Let's move on to this. 
because I've been waiting to say this for so long. If any of you guys watch the No Dunks podcast, you know that Mr. Trey Kirby says it all the time that the Bulls are back. Well, I'm going to say it here right now. The Toronto Raptors are back. Yes, we are finally over 500 um, for the first time this season, 16-15. and 15, On a four-game winning streak, big win versus the Philadelphia 76ers yesterday, where in the final eight minutes of that game, the Raptors held them to two field goals. Two. And the majority of their points, I mean, even though they had like a decent amount of points, it was all coming from the free throw line. So, um, some BS calls, by the way. I mean, Matt Devlin was on the call, and he was like, you know, oh, another foul on the Raptors. Oh, of course it's on the Raptors. <laughs> like the shade that Matt Devlin threw. I see you, Matt. I definitely see that. But they're fifth in the East. They're fifth in the East, and it's uh, it was definitely a long, like a far cry from what how the season started. Two and eight in their first ten games. The Raptors did not look like themselves at all, and ever since then, they have gone 14-7, 14-7 since that, and you know, they're just playing at an absolutely high level right now, beating the Bucks twice in these, like in this last week, beating the Brooklyn, uh, not the Brooklyn Nets, they beat the Timberwolves, which is nice because they exacted their revenge from earlier in the week, and now they defeat the number one team in the East, and how are they doing this? I mean... Three of these games, they didn't even have Kyle Lowry. How are the Raptors doing this? It's it's honestly just been the Raptor way. They have just gotten back to what um, what made them such a good team over these past few years. Trusting their bench and just having all-around great contributions. DeAndre Brembry moves into the starting lineup. And although he is not a bucket getter, he does all the right things. He can handle the ball, plays tough defense. I mean, he did his best on Simmons. Simmons had a good game, but honestly, DeAndre Bembry got under his skin. He did his best. Terrence Davis. There has been multiple times in the season where he's kind of been in and out of the lineup, mostly because of his basketball IQ. I think that he really needs to improve that because he has a lot of talent, but sometimes he just makes really dumb decisions with the basketball. But sometimes, you know, that type of thing, you know, leaving him on the bench, bringing him out can really spark some energy in him because he was the biggest reason why we beat the Timberwolves on Thursday or was it Friday, whatever day it was. Like, he he came into the fourth quarter and, and had eight points. He didn't play the entire game. And he comes in in the fourth quarter, and he scores eight points, including the, the bucket to give the Raptors the lead with 30 seconds left. Stanley Johnson, again, same thing with Terrence Davis. Sometimes he just kind of makes dumb decisions with the basketball. But when he's called upon, he plays tough defense. And again, he can handle the ball, and he just makes the right plays. I've already talked about in the past about Chris Boucher's impact um, this season. He just continues to do that. And even Utah Watanabe. And although, yes, he did get postered on last week. I I have to mention that because that was one of the best dunks I've ever seen. But he plays hard. And you could just say that for even multiple, like, more players from the Raptors if I go down the list. And they're being led by just the, the guys who have been here. Pascal Siakam finally is getting back to his form. Fred Van Vliet playing, um, playing awesome these last few games. Norman Powell, um, except for last night's game where he kind of struggled, he has been absolutely fantastic. And, of course, when Kyle Lowry's on the floor, he's been playing great. And the Raptors have just gone back to identity. I just want to really, like, put that out there because their defense was shocking in the last, like, in the beginning part of the season. They were giving up leads in the fourth quarter, left and right. And the Raptors have gone back to their identity in the sense where, look, 
we are a very good defensive team, and we're going to do our very best to take out the other team's best, you know, best players. And BJ today had a 25 and 17 game, and if you watched it, it wasn't pretty. A lot of that had to do with free throws, and he honestly was just getting like smothered by the Raptors every time he touched the ball. And just the effort, like the effort is back, and I th- and that's what I think Nick Nurse finally just got to the guys again, saying, "Look, we know we're better than this," and. And he's and he's basically like I know we're better than this because they have been a finals contender. They have been they have gone deep into the playoffs multiple times. They know they could do this. And although they've lost, you know, Sergi Bach and Marcus Saul, Kawhi Leonard, all of them, they will always fight hard, and they'll always get the protection that they need from players. Um, and it's honestly been honestly as a Raptor fan, finally great to see that they're getting back to it because. It, it was tough because the last few years, we're just used to being over 500. We're used to being one of the best teams in the East. And people like started to doubt that maybe this is the year that the, that the fall-off was going to happen. But when you have a team that is this cohesive, this you know intertwined with one of the best coaches in the league, a you Raptor fan, if you do watch the games, knew that there was this wasn't going to be a problem long-term. And they've been playing great. They are only four games out of the first seed. Um, I believe in the, if the if the Raptors win their next game and the Pacers lose, they become the fourth seed, and they're only two games behind the Bucks. This season has turned on a swivel, and the Raptors. I just could see them like going forward with this, and especially being these top teams in the 76ers, the Bucks. You can even look back to the Brooklyn Nets game when they um, really did a good job handling Kyrie and James Harden. Although KD didn't play, but you could see how good the Brooklyn Nets are against, you know, top teams. And the Raptors have finally gone to their groove. And I'm just it's just I'm just happy to just have them back. Like I said, the Raptors are back. And that might not be the last time you hear about them on this podcast and <laughs> the power rankings. But yeah, I mean it's honestly been a joy to watch. If you see like if you if you watch a last night's game, I mean the Raptors were down like thirteen or fourteen earlier in this game, and I'm like, oh my god, this is such a horrible start. And then Fred Van Vliet, <laughs> firstly he had a three like falling out of bounds, fade away off the glass. That was crazy. And then he had like three more threes after that to give the Raptors the lead before half, to, like before the end of the first quarter. Like this team is just a joy to watch, and they play for each other. They they work for each other, and I think. What I love about the team the most is that there's just not much ego. Because they know that the team is bigger than the individual player. Norman Powell has been absolutely fantastic these last few games. Struggled today. And you know who the Raptors used a lot in the fourth quarter instead? Aaron Baines, because he was actually doing a good job on Joel Embiid. When you have this much trust in the coach and much and this much trust in each other, you, you can do good things. And I think the Raptors um, can continue this on for the rest of the season. But yeah, those are the current NBA topics I want to talk about. Let's get to these non-deserving Hall of Famers because where this stemmed from was I. I if you guys are not into sports, me app, you should guys you should definitely go check it out. It's a great app if you're a sports fan, just want to debate sports. It's it's really fun over there. Um, I should I should definitely like put a put a um link in my bio for the um to download the app. But basically, I'm starting to do this thing where I have you know. Every week, is this guy a Hall of Famer or not? I try to do it like I'm gonna try to do it once a week, and a lot of put and I put Dwight Howard. Some people said yes, but it has to do more with the Basketball Hall of Fame standards of getting into there. I'm saying that it's like basically it's super easy to get into the Basketball Hall of Fame, and as a basketball fan for quite a bit for for quite a while, 
I can say yes to that. I really can. Because there are some players in the Hall of Fame who had good careers. I'm not going to diminish that they had good careers. But they are not Hall of Fame-worthy careers, I think. And that's the thing. Like That's why like we have conversations about people like Joe Johnson making the Hall of Fame. People like um, that. And no shot to Joe Johnson. But, I mean, he like you have those other players. You even um, talk about players such as, you know, that's why, I mean, let's just get into this. Because there are a few guys already in the Hall of Fame that I just don't think deserve to be there. And I don't want to take shots at anyone right now. That's why I kind of hesitated there. Just because I'm like, they have time and I don't want to, like, diminish their careers. But, okay, let's just put an example. Like I said, Joe Johnson, even Marcus Aldridge. I just don't think that, even though they have a chance to get in, I just don't think that sh- that should be the standard, you know? I think it should be set to a higher standard. And I think the um, the Hall of Fame has to do a better job in terms of that. So I have here four players that do not deserve, in my opinion, to be in the Hall of Fame. Actually, five. And <laughs> I, like I said earlier, I woke up and decided to, try to choose Violets because the Hall of Fame should be the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of the game of basketball. And I don't think that these guys definitely are a good representation of that. So let's get right into this. So, if if let me know down below what you guys think. I know I'm gonna anchor some people with a couple of guys here, but it is what it is. Come for me. I'm willing to die on this hill. Let's get into this. Um, the first two players I want to talk about, actually, I will kind of combine it together because they're both part of the early Celtics, um, Celtics teams. We got Mr. Carl Carl Braun and Mr. Frank Ramsey. Let's start with Carl Braun. Um, his biggest contribution to the to the to the game of basketball was he termed the term the you know the swish like you know when it just like that sound everyone loves that sound he termed the he coined the term swish that's his biggest contribution to basketball in his career five time also two time all NBA okay fair enough thirteen points a game <laughs> three rebounds four assists and even for that era that's underwhelming. Come on, you got people like Elgin Baylor averaging 36 points a game. You have Will Chamberlain averaging 40. I mean, at least get to like 20. <laughs> like, if you're going to, like, especially from that era, like, yeah, I mean, yes, he had like these um, accolades, but his stats were underwhelming. And, like, a lot of people just remember him for inventing the word swish. And I think a lot of the reason why he's even in the Hall of Fame was that one ring in his last season in Boston. And I'm like, no, no, no. Just because you're on those Celtics teams, that dynasty, that doesn't mean that you have to be in the Hall of Fame. And I think that's Carl Braun. I mean, he has like a few All Star appearances, two All NBAs, but his stats are underwhelming. He doesn't like. It just feels like he just isn't the type of guy to like be in the Hall of Fame. Same thing with this guy, Frank Ramsey. He spent his whole career with the with the Boston Celtics, and thirteen points a game, six rebounds, two assists. Good role player. Fine, good role player. He's coming off the bench. And he's a seven-time champion. But that shouldn't be the reason why you're in the Hall of Fame. Like I said, the, the Basketball Hall of Fame should be the pinnacle of basketball excellence. Already on the Celtics team, I can name, you know, sh- worthy Hall of Famers such as um, John Havlicek, Bill Russell, um, Casey Jones even. You could even talk about um, Sam Jones. You could talk about um, Tommy Heinsohn, RIP to, that, to him. And to Casey Jones as well, who just died recently. But people like Frank Ramsey, just because they were a part of the team, doesn't mean they automatically get into the Hall of Fame. 
he is not he's he hasn't made an all-star game he hasn't made an all-nba team he's a seven-time champion on a role in a role player on the boston celtics he just does not deserve it especially in a league where there's only eight teams at the time like yes I, I, there's already honestly it's already enough that they have those guys in there i just don't think they should have like someone just like him who who was just like a, like a glorified role player and that's what kind of annoys me about this. I mean, just because they were he was associated with that team, he's in the Hall of Fame. And that just shouldn't be the case because he is his resume is nowhere near the MVP level. He was basically riding the coattails of the rest of those Boston Celtics guys. And yeah, I mean, just those role players on those early Celtics teams, just just because you won a championship with them doesn't mean you have to go into the Hall of Fame. Celtics fans might be mad at that, but you guys have so many freaking Hall of Famers, like especially from that era. Like you can't be like saying like okay even these role players are uh, deserve to get in. The next player here, <laughs> should I leave him to last? I'll I'll leave him to last. Let's start, let's go to this guy, um, Ralph Sampson. Yes, Ralph Sampson, um, former number one overall pick. He he's a good player. He was definitely a good player. A very um, one of the m- most highly touted um, college players and. The thing about Ralph Sampson was when he came into the league, he had such a high pedestal. He stood at seven four, and he was being compared to guys coming out of college to players like Kareem, players like Bill Russell. He thought he was going to be that type of like all time great, and he never lived up to the potential. Fifteen points per game, eight um, basically nine rebounds, two point three steals, under fifty percent from the field, and he played under five hundred games. And yes, he was a very good player. In his first three seasons, he played eight, um, He played two full seasons and then a, a season with 79 games. And he was very, very good. Twenty, Like, basically averaging... Um, basically averaging, in those first three years, 20 points per game, 11 rebounds, two blocks, a steal, three assists. I mean, he looked like he was going to become an all-time great. But the injuries, man. The injuries really did uh, mess up his potential. And he just could not live up to those stand like to his initial billing. And what I feel like about this like Hall of Fame like inclusion is that he, they, he really got chosen to be in the Hall of Fame for what he could have been because of the hype surrounding around him, surrounding him. And I just and as much as he was a good player for his first three years of his um, career, we just cannot have that precedent in terms of a Hall of Fame. Only a four-time All Star as well, and like I said, he's only played under he's played under five hundred games. He, he just doesn't deserve to be there, I, I, I'm sorry to say. And he, like I said, Rookie of the Year, he made one All-NBA, one All-NBA team. He definitely had the potential to be there, but he he just doesn't deserve it. He just doesn't deserve it. For a, a, basically a four-year stretch, if you want to include the year he got injured, it just he, he just doesn't deserve it. I'm sorry. Ralph Sampson, get him out the Hall of Fame. I, <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't be this apologetic, but... We need to set a standard here. Next player we're going to be talking about, Mitch Richmond. Yes, Mitch Richmond. He was a good player, 21 points a game in his career, under just under 1,000 games, 3.9 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 46% from the field, 39% from three. And here's my thing with him. Yes, he is a good player. He was a prolific scorer. He won a title with the Lakers, I mean, in 1999. He wasn't part of the rotation. I think he averaged like three or four minutes a game. And he just never was that guy, you know. He made multiple All-Star teams. I mean, he was a six-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. But he never had really that postseason success. 
he only appeared in 23 playoff games. And if you just like boil it down, he that means he's only played in four playoff series if they were all sweeps. So he just doesn't have the playoff resume. And what the th- my thing about Mitch Richmond is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but was he ever like, is he a top five shooting guard of that era? I don't think so. You got people like Michael Jordan. You got people like Clyde Drexler. I just do not think that he is like even like really. Con- I even think people like Chris Mullen were better than him in his era. I just do not think like he was like elite, elite in his era. Like he was a very good player. Do not get me wrong, but this is the Hall of Fame we're talking about. Like, if you have these type of careers, I mean, we gotta allow people like we. That means consideration to people like Joe Johnson, who doesn't have the postseason success. And I think Joe Johnson even had more postseason success than Mitch Richmond. And I don't want Mitch Richmond to be the floor of the Hall of Fame. We need to set that higher. And I don't want to. And just throughout his career, he just feels like he was like a third fiddle in like a lot of things in terms of just shooting guards in the era. Even when he was would run TMT, it was Tim Hardaway and Chris Mullen was the one who were getting most of the highlights and stuff like that. Um, Mitch Richmond was kind of the third guy there. And I don't want to say like he was a bad player. He is not. He he is far from a bad player. But this is. But we have to set a different precedent in the Hall of Fame. That's all I'm saying. And Mitch Richmond for not having any postseason success, um, winning one championship basically in 2000. I said 1999, 2002, where it didn't even like he didn't even like was a any like sort of contributor to that team. Just does not deserve Hall of Fame worthy consideration, in my opinion. And now we go to this last guy, and this is the one that's going to ruffle some people's feathers, I believe, just because he is one of the more current guys who just went to the Hall of Fame, and he is definitely a fan favorite. Tracy McGrady. He is not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> he is just not a Hall of Famer. 19 points a game in his career, just under 1,000 games, 5.6 rebounds, 4.4 assists. And, I mean, his, and even his, like, shooting splits are not very impressive at all. Under 44% from the field. 34% from three, which is kind of below average, and 75% at the free throw line. Speaking of 75% at the free throw line, I remember watching Tracy McGrady and just wondering why he was not as great as he was in free throws, because he was very good at shooting everywhere else. But the same thing with Rich Richmond. He he is just, you know, a prolific scorer. I can't say that. He's a two-time scoring champion, one of the best scorers of his era. And by his era, I mean like for like a four or five-year stretch. And I don't want to, like, diminish that era in any way, but after Jordan left, it was kind of, like, one of the worst times in basketball in terms of, like, ratings, in terms of just quality of talent. And I think Tracy McGrady really benefited from that era. That it wasn't as talented, it wasn't as, you know, um, basically as good, honestly. And, like I said, he is a phenomenal scorer. He was so good in Orlando and in Houston. He was a, like, he, he provided us some great moments. But firstly, his production dipped quick. After Houston, I mean, if you look at his final years of Houston, firstly, he started playing less and less games because of injury. And then the drop-off, 21 points a game, then down to 15. And then once he left, went to New York, was pretty bad over there. Went to Detroit, pretty bad. And then Atlanta, and then the Spurs. Like it's, It was a rough tie for Tracy McGrady at the end of his career. And... Like Mitch Richmond, he just doesn't have the playoff accolades. I cannot, I, I, like, he couldn't get out the first round as the number one guy. He couldn't. He gave, like, he was the definition of a regular season baller. 
but he just could not get it done in the playoffs. He just couldn't. And even when he did make the the playoff um, the finals with the San Antonio Spurs, first he was averaging like five minutes a game, but he lost. <laughs> like it would have been like if anything that would have been just as much of a pity ring to Mitch Richmond as it was for T Mac. And uh, like he has so fun, he was so entertaining. He had the dunks. He hasn't. He has those like awesome moments, but he just wasn't a winning player. He just wasn't. He's very good, very good for a four or five year stretch. But he's not Hall of Fame level. He is not Hall of Fame level. He doesn't have that sustained excellence. He doesn't have the playoff success. He is not a Hall of Fame player. Sad to say. But yeah, if, if you guys any like if you guys disagree with me in any of these, let me know down below. I know I might uh, ruffle some feathers with the Tracy McGrady one, but we need. I, I keep pushing this to the ground, but there has to be a higher standard in the Basketball Hall of Fame. You gotta like firstly have really good basketball play, but also has he had like a that big of an impact on these other guys? Maybe, but I mean, like you could like, arguably say that Kobe Bryant was like ten times more influential than T Mac was. AI was ten times more influential than T Mac was, and that's the truth about it. Let's go into some other news and notes from the NBA. There are rumors that the Marcus Cousins and the Houston Rockets are gonna be parting ways. Apparently, the Rockets want to embrace the youth and and just go full on like into this rebuild, especially at the big man position. So far this season, um, nine and seven for Demarcus Cousins. And it's gonna be very interesting where he will go. Teams like the the Brooklyn Nets, the Toronto Raptors, and the Celtics may be good places for him because they are in need of a center. But we're gonna have to wait and see. Um, I think he still has a bit left to contribute to a good team. I just and if they do go through with this. Um, you know, with this departure, it's just going to be interesting to see what team picks him up. Moving on to um, other news. Shout out to the guys who scored 50 points over the weekend. Embiid 15-7 against the Chicago Bulls, looking like his most dominant game of the season. Up there to one of his best games of his career. Another MVP-like performance. Like He just did it all in that game. And it, it was more impressive than the other 50-point game, but that one needs to be talked about too. Because Jamal Murray also scored 50 points over the weekend. And he did this, firstly, the first 50-point performance ever without free throws, which is insane. He went 21 for 25 on the, from the field, which is 84%, which is the highest field goal percentage in, in a game for a player that took a minimum 25 shots since Will Chamberlain. So that's like, what, the 60s and 70s? He had one of the most efficient shooting games I've ever seen, and he was literally hitting it from everywhere. Like he had eight threes in that game as well. He was literally doing so much for that Denver Nuggets team and led them to a pretty big win that night. I forgot who it was, but it was a, a pretty big win. Other news: JJ Redick. Um, it wasn't anything like like outside of basketball, but in the game yesterday, uh, in their comeback versus the Celtics, in which they won, he got ejected for bouncing a ball to the official. And I, I saw I saw the clip like four or five times, and I'm like, how? How on earth is that an ejection? Like, it's so soft. It's just, it's such a bad call. And I hopefully in the next episode I get to this, because I do want to talk about officiating in general. Hopefully I have a guest on to talk about that. But it's just, there's so many, like, many reasons I want to talk about why officiating is one of the biggest problems in the NBA right now. And I want to get into that in a like in a whole segment. I couldn't do it here today, but hopefully in the next episode we can get to it. Hopefully with a guest. 
but that was ridiculous. I mean, there's been a couple of just ridiculous ejections here. I mean, looking back early in the season, Draymond Green yelling at James Wiseman, um, disappointing him because he didn't do a good job defending in the post, and then he got ejected for that. Like, that's stupid, honestly. I mean, yes, there have been some fair ejections, like Draymond Green going off on the referee over this weekend, but when you see this happening with J.J. Redick, like, you can't help but kind of bash on the officials sometimes. One more um, news note I want to put in here. Ryan Saunders, um, son of, you know, the late grade um, Flip Saunders, um, has been fired by the Minnesota Timberwolves after last night's loss. And right away, they signed a a new um, coach, Raptors assistant, Chris Finch. You know, rough start for the season for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I believe they are have they have the worst record in the league. Um, what I find just really interesting about this is, I mean, firstly, it was kind of bound to happen that Ryan Sarder was going to be fired, but the fact that they're able to get Chris Finch, who, firstly, was a current Raptors assistant, like, just in the middle of the season, which is honestly really weird. Like, I guess fair enough, but at the same time, it's just, like, not, we don't get these, you know, type of things often. And, you know, kudos to Nick Nurse, because Nick Nurse, like, wants, like, his assistant co- coaches to kind of go on and do big and better things. And he didn't stop Chris Finch, even though we were midseason. Even though he literally did a post, uh, a halftime interview with, um, on the broadcast. You know, he, Nick Nurse, like, let him do his thing. And, you know, hopefully Chris Finch um, does well with the Timberwolves. What I find, another thing that I find funny is that he's only been with the Raptors for, like, what, three months? And he's already gone to be a head coach. Hope he does. Hope he does well. Um, it's definitely going to be a lot of things to fix in that Minnesota Timberwolves team. But very good offensive coach. It's just going to be interesting to see um, kind of how the Nick Nurse, you know, um, coaching tree um, comes out because Nick, Nate Bjorkren is um, doing his thing in, in Indiana right now. And let's see if Chris Finch can do something with the Timberwolves. Hopefully he he does well. Honestly, hoping he yeah hoping he does well. But yeah, those are the other news and notes. Again, leave your thoughts down below. We are going into the end segment. I know what we're going to be talking about right now. The NBA Power Rankings. A new list here today. Quite a bit of movement, to be honest. So, let's get right into this. Coming at number 10. I'm not afraid to say this. The Raps are back. Yes, they are back in the Power Rankings. Number 10. We have the Toronto Raptors. Four-game winning streak, three of those wins coming up against the 76ers and two times against the Bucks. They've just looked absolutely fantastic, and they've just finally found their identity back, which is great. They're facing the 76ers again on Tuesday, which is going to be an, <laughs> you know, it's going to be another tough assignment, but it's going to be definitely a good one, and the Raptors just continue to play hard on both ends, which is very, very, um, which has been very, very fun to watch. So, congrats, Raps. You're back in the top 10. I think the, the last time I had them there was in the preseason one. And they kind of, they were out of it really quickly. But now they're back. And I'm happy to say that they are back. Next, coming in at number 9, the San Antonio Spurs. Not going to talk much about this one. I only dropped them because they didn't play this week. I think it had to do with COVID protocols, and so they haven't had a single game. But, pretty high record. Let's just keep it like that. Coming in at number 8, we have the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, They lost back-to-back games to the Raptors, where they looked Pretty, pretty bad. But they had some nice bounce back wins against, you know, teams they should beat. Hopefully they can just get back into form because they have been kind of an inconsistent team so far this year. Obviously, they, they're definitely missing Drew Holiday. But at the end of the day, they are better than what their record says. 
Let's see if they're going to be able to bounce back. Next team on this list, coming in at number 7, we have the Portland Trailblazers. Another positive week, 2-1 and one week. Dame looks like an MVP candidate. The only thing that was kind of rough about this week is like they lost to the Wizards, but, you know, the, the Wizards are streaking right now. Four-game winning streak, and they caught, you know, the Blazers on a bad night. But still very positive. Right now, they sit fifth in the West, looking really good. They are number seventh on my power rankings. Coming in at number six is a team that has actually dropped a couple of spots. We have the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, losing to the Raptors yesterday was kind of rough. Um, losing to the Jazz as well was a pretty, pretty rough game. But, you know, they're still number one in the East. Can't really take that away from them. And they had they lost Ben Simmons for quite a bit this week as well. But a 2-2 two and two week, I mean, it's it was it's just been kind of underwhelming for the 76ers. I think the biggest thing for them is just to get healthy. It's just for them to get healthy. And I think they can maintain that number one spot because there are a lot of question marks with a lot of the East team, especially in the regular season. Coming at number five, we have the Phoenix Suns. You know, they had a pretty positive week two. I believe it was another two and one week for the Phoenix Suns. The only reason why they didn't go up is because they, of that kind of that tough loss to the um, Brooklyn Nets where they had no KD, no Kyrie, and they gave up a 24-point lead to the Phoenix Suns, and they lost that game. So that was kind of rough, but again, they are number fourth in the West right now. They have been playing absolutely fantastic basketball. Chris Paul doing his thing like I talked about the last week. They are still number five in my power rankings. Coming in at number four, we have the Brooklyn Nets. And they have an undefeated week, um, especially without KD. That's been very impressive. You know, big wins against the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Suns. And again, they're just playing very well against teams over 500. They are 12-1 against those teams. They are playing absolutely fantastic. I mean, especially like when the lights are shone on them. And I, I'm not afraid to say this, but they're they're clearly these favorites right now. There's just too many question marks with these other contenders that when you have like a healthy KD, Kyrie, and Harden, it's hard to beat that. It's just hard to beat that. And right now they're playing really well. Um, that game against the Clippers yesterday was very very entertaining. Except for that last Kawhi Leonard shot, was it a f- offensive foul? I don't think so, but officiating is just bad and has, has just looked bad, man. Again, I really wish I could talk about this. I, I wanted to really talk about this in my next episode, but yeah, I didn't, um, besides that, very good week for them. They're in number four. Coming in at number three, they we have the Los Angeles Lakers. We knew they were going to struggle a little bit, especially um, without Anthony Davis in the lineup. And that has definitely been the case. They've had um, rough losses to the um, Heat and to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they just have to k- kind of keep the ship afloat. Um, like I said, um, in the past, it all really just matters what happens in the playoffs for them. Like The regular season doesn't matter as long as they're in. And they're definitely not going to be out of it. They'll be fine. I mean, they I think they had like a pretty bad week this week. I mean, three losses out of their four games. But... Just try and get healthy. Um, LeBron's still going to play well. They're still going to get some good wins, especially coming up here against the Washington Wizards. Hopefully, that's just an easy one for them. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of a rough week for them, especially them missing AD for at least the next four weeks. So yeah, the Lakers dropped to number three. Coming in at number two, we have the other team from LA. We have the Los Angeles Clippers. 
And yes, they did lose to the Brooklyn Nets yesterday, but that was a very, very entertaining game. So kudos to kudos to the Clippers. They've played really well. Um, a two and two week, yes, um, that's that is kind of iffy. But at the same time, you know they got some good wins over the Utah Jazz. I think like that was a pretty big win for them, snapping their nine game winning streak. And they beat the Heat as well in a pretty good game. So you know, good in that type of sense, like good wins for the LA Clippers. It's good to have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George back. Although Paul George is in that minutes restriction, he really should have at least played an extra 30 seconds, but it is what it is. They they are number two in my power rankings. Coming in at number one, we have the Utah Jazz. Obviously, they um, their winning streak has been broken by the Clippers, but they continue to impress every single week. Number one team in the, in the league by at least two and a half games. Like That's a pretty sizable lead. They've looked really good this season, like I said. And I just can continue to see some good success for them. You know, um, Donovan Mitchell playing at a top 10 MVP level. Rudy Gobert, like I said, doing his thing. You heard me talk about the Jazz a lot this season, and there's a good reason why. And they stay at number one. But yeah, those are my power rankings. Leave it down below whether you agree or disagree. I would like to have these type of conversations with you guys. Just leave your thoughts down below. Um, we're going to go on to the last segment of the show. We have TV's Game of the Week. Over the weekend, I had the Raptors beating the Timberwolves by minus three and a half. They won by five. That was an ugly game. Do not watch that game back unless you want to see that Anthony Edwards dunk, which is crazy. But, yeah, I'm back to 500. Speaking of the Raptors getting back to 500, I'm finally back at 500 in my Game of the Week. And in this game, I we have a pretty interesting line, um, matchup. Maybe a potential playoff matchup. We have the fifth-seeded um, Portland Trail Blazers being five-and-a-half-point underdogs versus the fourth-seeded Phoenix Suns. And in this game, I could see, honestly, Demian Lowe just going off. I don't know why. It's just... it's The, Clipper, the Suns seem like the logical pick, but I think Lillard, especially in these big-time point guard matchups when he's going up against Chris Paul... Is going to be a very, very good battle. I'm going to say take the Blazers by, um, plus 5.5. I think that's just too many points um, to be given up. Even if the Blazers lose by 4, I still get the win. So, I'll take that chance. I got the Blazers in this game. Damian Lord versus Devin Booker. And just like the whole Suns team, it's going to be really, really fun to watch. I'm definitely going to be looking out for that game tonight. But I think this is where we're going to end today's episode. Thank you guys for watching or listening. Remember to show love on all the podcast channels. Like, share, and subscribe if you're on YouTube. And remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other great content. Again, I'm not going to be doing Wednesday YouTube videos for a bit now just because I'm in school trying to like uh, focus more on that. But I will be back on Friday with another podcast. Hopefully I have a guest on. Um, hopefully have a guess on to actually do a mock fantasy draft for, you know, the all-star game, which will be happening next week. So hopefully we can get that sorted out. And again, thank you guys for all your support over 1000 followers on Instagram. Remember there's a, um, giveaway that's going to be on, on my page. I definitely should be linking that giveaway in the bio and in my description, which I'll probably do after I done record this. And yeah, thank you again. Over 2,400 downloads as well. I really do appreciate all you guys. Thank you guys for all your support. And like I said, you know, I'm going to just excited for the, re- for the rest of this NBA season. And we can just talk more basketball. 
And as we inch closer to the All-Star game and to the playoffs, you're going to get definitely a lot more different headlines going up. So that's going to be fun to watch. Um, appreciate all of you guys. Hope you all have a fantastic day today. Take it easy, guys. TV signing out. Peace.